scoreboards where we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night. I am your host, John, per usual, and I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Eric. Eric, how are you today? Fabulous. Keeping it clean with that sweet, lavender, savory scent. At some point, right? Green apple. (laughs) It's all about the color. It's up to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's so many varietal scents that you can pick from for fabulous. Yeah. (laughs) With some experimentals down the line. I I don't know anything about that. They're not fucking sponsoring us. Anyways, so welcome again, guys, to Under the Floorboards. Uh, And today we watched a Stephen King novella made in 2007. Wow. The Mist. Not to be confused with The Fog, which Mm -hmm. I feel like happens pretty fucking often. It happened in the middle of our viewing, in fact. (laughs) I was confused. I feel like I like people all the time, I would tell them that I absolutely loved this movie. And they would start describing the movie. They're like, oh my god, yeah, I loved it too. And then they're like describing the plot of The the Fog. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Atmospheric-based horror is... uh, growing field <laughs> right so and, and in this movie uh for being in 2007 there was so much acting power that literally came out of this era so eric what is the biggest itinerary that we've had so far on no, this and you're not even show? fucking lying because like real shit i stopped at 12 people <laughs> you know i think the most convenient thing for me is the person that directed this film is the same person that wrote this film mm-hmm. so that was nice frank darabont in the house <laughs> You may know him from Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. You may know him from the Green Mile, things mm-hmm. of that nature. This dude's a powerhouse. Yeah. Him, dipping into this, you know, the genre here. Which yeah. I think that makes the, I think that made three films that he had done for Stephen King, yeah, which was really it, cool. Like, yeah. After Maximum Overdrive, he kind of realized that he should really leave it to like the professionals. No, <laughs> we have Thomas Jane coming in as David. Marsha Harden as Carmody. Lori Holden as Amanda, Andre Brower as Brent, Toby Jones as Ollie, William Sadler as Jim, Jeffrey DeMunn as Dan, Francis Sternhagen as Irene, Nathan Gamble as Billy, Alexa Davalos as Sally, Chris Owen as Norm, and Sam Wither as Private Jessup. And what was really cool, too, is uh, we, were, we were talking earlier about how uh, Darabont was actually one of the long-term directors on The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. which I hadn't watched this movie since 2000, when it actually came out. So it was really cool. Like, I was like, that dude's in The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. That dude's in The Walking Dead. The, wait, hold on. Is the whole fucking cast just in The Walking Dead? More or less, yeah. as we come to find out. <laughs> well, because we also uh, found out that apparently uh, Thomas Jane, who plays our her- hero, uh, David Drayton, uh, was originally supposed to be cast as Rick Grimes, mm-hmm. but Robert Kirkman was like, I already have our Rick Grimes. <laughs> Um, so that, which I mean, if you write the story, you get to pick who you cast. I, I think we both discussed that. For We've our, had this yeah. conversation. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Uh, you know, being able to afford them allotted. Um, so Eric, what was your first impression of this movie? This movie's a lot of fun. It's very suspensey, um, in the sense that you don't get all of the information really ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? A, a lot of it is perception. A lot of it is reading into the... The know, subtext. The subtext, the allusions, the foreshadowing and things mm-hmm. of that nature. But this is one of those movies that ends with a lot of like, un, you know, there's, there's a lot of loose ends, right? Mm-hmm. You know? And so... I kind of like that. I thought it was nice not to have everything wrapped up in a little bow for once. You know, what yeah. I, mean? I think that's classic horror in a sense that like there's an opportunity to continue this story, perhaps, or just leave the audience to their own devices and mm-hmm. figure out what they want to do with this information and everything. But 
it's just kind of it's one of those situations where like as we dive into the plot you're going to realize that this is something that a lot of people really like this could potentially happen not literally but like in the sense that <laughs> well... like when you are working together with people that you don't know Mm-hmm. A lot of the chaos that breeds happens internally. It's not about mm-hmm. the external forces, and it does a good job of exploring that. So I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was a good deep dive into the human condition. I'll say most definitely. And I will say, I I'm a hu- obviously uh, I'm a huge fan of Stephen King. Mm-hmm. I love all of his novella work. I even love some of the shittier movies like mm-hmm. Maximum Overdrive that he's done. Sure. I think for me, the one thing that this movie did a slightly better job of than a lot of the interpretations that you actually get is kind of where it falls flat a lot of the time is, and what I love about, it's funny because it coincides with what I love about reading Stephen King novels, is the world that he builds is so big. The world that he creates around him, the character interactions, how Mm -hmm. everybody gets their own side quests and side stories. It's all the way in. And that is so hard to do in a movie. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like you were already reading a 12 person count sure. just for people that were relevant, especially in the movie. as a one off. I mean, it's kind of like a D&D campaign in a way, right? Yeah. Where you're like all the in, inner workings and outer workings as it were, <laughs> of the story and everything, are all present here. And that, you know, so like trying to condense that it inherently puts uh, connotations on a handful of scenes that don't feel important. Sure. And then, or and it feels like, you know, I feel like there's always this balance, too, for people where it's like, Oh, that was nothing like the book. Well, in a lot of instances mm-hmm. like this, it fucking can't be. Mm-hmm. Like, of I, like I'm, this is a two-hour and four-minute movie. I mean, this is long by horror standards. Yeah, you know, they gave us an extra thirty minutes plus or minus five. Yeah, <laughs> so you know. Um, but uh, from the bottom of my heart, I do love this movie. And before we, we get uh, deeper into it, one thing I really would like to mention: uh, one of my favorite things about after this movie came out, Stephen King came out and said that this was his favorite ending that any interpretation of his books made into movie mm-hmm. has ever been. And uh, Darabont said that that made his fucking life. I believe that. It would make mine, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Because you can tell Darabont is heavily influenced by King and mm-hmm. maybe vice versa in a way too, you know? Probably. I mean, I mean it, like, because you got to think about the, just like, if you look at just Shawshank mm-hmm. and Green Mile before doing this, mm-hmm. like that's, that's a really big spectrum to be sure. doing King work. You know, especially when those are like the heavy hitters. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And those are also like the heavy hitters, Mm -hmm. too, where it's like, oh, people forget that Stephen King because it's not really horror. It's just an incredible story. Um, So getting into it, uh, we start off with a storm that is coming up over this lake in did we decide where we were? Because someone, no, I yeah. meant to look it up, and it's it's Maine, California. <laughs> yeah, because later yeah. on, one of the characters says, "Oh yeah, we're in L.A.," mm. and it's just like, "No, you're not." Then why does your fucking uh, license plate say Maine? Like, what the 100%, fuck? Yeah. So. Nobody made that drive. I refuse to fucking accept that. We do see signs for the 295 later, but (laughs) the 295 is going to East Coast, you know, and it's going to Portland, Portland, Maine, (laughs) you know, Uh, whatever. Uh, Anyways, uh, so we get into this lake over somewhere in L.A., Maine, and we see the lightning is crashing in the background And we're just in this empty room. We actually see David, his wife, who is not a relevant name because, yeah, Yeah. we will never see her again. Mark that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, their son, Billy, are going down to the basement because I don't know if there's going to be a water spout over this lake or whatever. Um, But then it flashes back to the art room. We have already found out that David is an artist for movie posters. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and you know all kinds of multimedia fashions. And what was really fucking cool? Yeah, you picked up on yeah. this. Yeah, the, this was the the like again. I hadn't watched this movie since like 2007. But what was really cool was the paintings that you see in it are the one that he's actively painting when we see him in the first shot is uh, him painting the gunslinger mm -hmm. and standing in front of the dark tower with the rose. And for like all of you Stephen King fans out there, that is fucking incredible. Mm -hmm. Because if you're a Stephen King fan, you are super into the dark tower series because it's so multiversal and it's so much fun. Sure. And that was like the first one right off the bat. Even if nothing else, that's a beautiful nod. Yeah, right? exactly. You know I mean? Like he probably didn't have to do that. Yeah, well, and well yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yeah. that's one of the things too, is like the, the dark tower is what connects all of Stephen King's universe. And that's, that was like, oh my God, we're actually here. The self-referential stuff is something that's like you're saying, President Stephen King's mm -hmm. writing all the time anyway. So it was nice to see that transposed yeah. into a different medium. And we actually, yeah. we wound up pausing it like four or five times because I was trying to catch all the yeah, paintings. Yeah, there was like six or seven yeah. paintings in the room. Yeah. And, and the one that stood out the most, which was the one to the left, we actually paused it in the middle of the mm -hmm. lightning strike so you could actually see the mm -hmm. whole room illuminated somewhat. And uh, the other painting on the left side, closest to the window, was John Carpenter's The Thing. Mm -hmm. And it was the uh, 1989 remake uh, poster that they had come out with, which was really cool. And then the rest of the room was kind of dark. And on IMDb, it doesn't reference the other ones that were in there because I wanted to know what they were. I'm 80% sure, and if you guys are fans of this movie, please let us know because at this point, I'm itching to know. <laughs> I because I feel like the picture that is directly to the right of it is from the Green Mile. Because mm -hmm. it looks like Ving Rhames behind bars and the uh, the bailiff behind bars as mm -hmm. well. And it was, it was really cool. But I don't know if that's what they were actually going for or not. It was really hard right. to tell. But if he's a movie poster creator it's, I guess. it's hilarious yeah. but it's also like again kind of a um like a rogues gallery yeah sort of exactly vibe, you know exactly I mean? yeah. Yeah. like there might have been a fucking morgan freeman sure. portrait you know, in there from shawshank it, it was like, just like it's one of the like it's, you paused it for a reason yeah you know what i mean it was just like that's a cool little easter egg yeah, yeah. exactly um and if it felt like we spent a lot of time on that it's that's because great. it's my favorite scene of the whole movie so <laughs> It's also because there's so much shit that just doesn't happen in this fucking yeah. movie. So anyways, uh, we get up the next morning. You know, a tree has fallen in their yard. Mm -hmm. A tree has also fallen from their neighbor's yard mm -hmm. onto their boathouse. Old Brent. Yeah. And old so they get in the, like, he's having a conversation with his wife and everything. He's like, well, I've been trying to get this guy in a lawsuit for months or years or whatever the fuck he says. Trying <laughs> you to know? get him by the balls. Right. And she's like, well, you going to march over there and handle it? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to march over there and handle it. Right? And so he's like going over and like Brent is cutting his own tree that had fallen on his own yard or whatever. Yeah. It's a gnarly storm. Yeah. Like, he's trying to handle his own shit. Right. And he like can't get his chainsaw started. They weren't made in Texas. Um, so... <laughs> That's Get it, cuz. Yeah. <laughs> Do your thing, cuz. <laughs> um, and it's kind of this congenial conversation because it starts out, there's that there's that initial, like, friction, right? Yeah. You know, there's that initial, hey, man, your tree fell on my boathouse. <laughs> and at the same He's time. He's like, no, like, you're right. Like, yeah. Brent's being very short yeah. with him, too. He's like, oh, my insurance is going to hate me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll go inside and get his number. I'll call you back later. Is Actually, that okay? You know, you know, yeah. Is that okay right. with you? <laughs> kind of passive aggressive, but again, relatively congenial because we're talking about, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in damage. It was here. a nice so, boathouse. Yes. They put their shit aside and just kind of decide like, okay, let's go. I have, you go into the town perhaps or something. Brent says yeah, something to Dave and he's yeah. like, yeah. 
And they decide to go to the grocery store together. Holding hands yeah. with Billy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It was weird. Yeah, so uh, as they're leaving, too, uh, we actually get our first introduction of the mist. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes rolling over. It's funny, too, because like when we see it initially, it's not very aggressive. Right. It starts at like the other side of the lake. It's maybe... Maybe four or five miles out mm-hmm. is kind of like what the what the width of this lake feels like in relation to their house. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't like just start fucking whooshing mm-hmm. in on them. It just kind of like. It's kind of oozing its way. And they're like, oh, miss, that's weird. Uh-huh. Let's go to town and get food. <laughs> right. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> huh. <laughs> and as they're leaving, what do they do? They pass this military convoy going the opposite of direction. Like 30 fucking caravans. Mm-hmm. Like there are tanks rolling through, there's fucking convoys, yeah. there's fucking everything. Yeah. And uh Brent starts talking about because he's the hot shot attorney from mm-hmm. New York City. Mm-hmm. Again, I just don't even believe this movie's in fucking LA. No, I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. Uh anyways. He starts talking about uh, Project Arrowhead, right? Mm -hmm. Because he had heard through the grapevine that, you know, the military was working on some project in their town, which I guess kind of translated to, uh, they started kind of going off about like, oh yeah, you know, it was a crashed alien and like talking about like third encounters of the, of the, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And all that kind of shit. And they're just like, ha! They slap each other and they just right. and go about the rest of their day. All right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Grocery list. You know. <laughs> also, my boy Brent, when they're fucking getting groceries, uh, takes a shot at takes a shot at David's wife. Cause he they're like he's getting the shit off the shelf. Brent looks at him and goes, Oh yeah. Uh well your wife could have passed as a doctor with this chicken scratch of a grocery list. Yeah, I'm right. like, bro, yeah. like yeah. they're being neighbors, I guess. I'd slap the shit out of my neighbor. 100%. That's the point. <laughs> That's the point of being a neighbor. <laughs> Getting fucking wrecked. <laughs> Somebody too. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, it's kind of clear, like, there's a there's also, like, notably a shit ton of people in this grocery store. It's a mm-hmm. small grocery store, relatively speaking. While this is happening, an MP officer walks in with a couple of soldiers that are in their, like, military dress attire. Yeah, there's a couple that are in blues and a couple yeah. that are not. And it's kind of, like, you're already getting a vibe that something is very off. And right. the citizens of this town also don't have all the information, <laughs> you know? So mark that, because this is going to come back later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we kind of get uh, the mist starts to roll in. Mm-hmm. And we kind of, and this time it looks more aggressively. Because, uh, you know, we get to the point where uh, David is checking out. And actually, it was really funny because Billy made a crack about uh, Brent's tree falling on their fucking boathouse. They're just jabbing each other. Yeah. 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 Uh, and... Uh, David is looking up at Brent, but Brent's looking out the the glass front of the food house, I mm-hmm. think was the yeah, name the of the food house. <laughs> the yes. food house, yes. uh, which was their grocery store. We <laughs> now we introduce Dan, mm-hmm. who is running with a bloodied nose, and the, the mist is like aggressively mm-hmm. coming now in behind. Right. It was like contractions of just fucking mist coming. in the mist. <laughs> And that's, and that's the line we fucking hit yeah. him with. It's like, there's something in the mist! Mm-hmm. I will say, notably, the MP officer tells all of the subordinates, basically, like, all the leads have been canceled, too, yeah. and everything. And so it's like, we are stuck here. 
yeah. until we get further orders. He's like, man, if I had left, th- <laughs> one of them was yeah. like, man, if I had left thirty minutes earlier, I wouldn't even have to. I wouldn't even have to be here today. Don't like, drink that last beer. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, just bottom line, don't just do it. go home. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so but what, what else is um, what else does Dan say? It's like what's his name? John Lee was that right? It's like it took John Lee. Oh yeah, the I didn't get that John Lee. Okay, yeah. I, yeah. I just I was gonna say I thought maybe you did, so I was gonna make mention of it. But if you no, didn't, either, I'm like eighty percent sure it was just some white guy that, <laughs> <laughs> that got iced in the mist. <laughs> Which I killed number zero, one. yeah, like <laughs> prequel, <laughs> the pre kill, yeah, the pre kill. Oh, was there I got the my time. I got my pre kill everywhere. <laughs> you should go pee. <laughs> so then we just have like this, like everybody comes in, the mist has overtaken the store, mm-hmm. and we just get this thunderous earthquake mm-hmm. right like shelves are falling down food's falling off red bull is spraying Magnitudes. everywhere <laughs> yeah. the red bull got its own wings <laughs> and tried to commit suicide off these shelves <laughs> the 100%. suicide shelves <laughs> they just go up this just gets easier and easier the more of these we do you know what i mean <laughs> but again it's weird because it's like there are like seventy-five people in this grocery yeah, store. Yeah, there, like, there was a big that's following. Like eight aisles wide. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was weird. So it was everybody like slightly bigger than the Quickie Mart. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. The power is flickering. You know, everybody's having that moment of like just shock and awe, I suppose. But it's also like, let's lay low, let's be calm, let's see what happens, mm-hmm. and everything. I would personally be freaking the fuck out if mm-hmm. mist had overtaken my like. I already can't see, so if I like extra can't see <laughs> and the earth is shaking, <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm having a hard time. I'm not sitting there calmly. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, finally the earthquake stops and we get this moment from uh, the manager who I don't even remember what his name was because I'm pretty sure he is also another one of his characters that just doesn't even follow the itinerary. Right. And, uh, you know, he gets on the me- the, the megaphone, Jesus. The, the megaphone. The, the, the intercom. Like, yeah, the yeah. intercom. And he's just like, everybody stay calm <laughs> everybody stay put Every- vienna sausages are buy two get three <laughs> shop smart shop as smart, smart. <laughs> <laughs> so then everybody's like dude go fuck yourself are you kidding right, me like yeah. and we start to get like the first that was a mist quake <laughs> <laughs> uh so now we kind of get how the community builds itself, right? Sure. We start to kind of see, not necessarily the separation quite mm-hmm. yet, but we start to see, uh, like, well, I, I just assume these two old women were lesbians because yeah. they were just there together the whole time. Sure. Maybe they were tea and crumpet girls together. I don't really oh, know. Maybe they were both just old. They both had gray hair. The point, like, the thing that's so interesting about this is, like, from, like, tribalism standpoint, you are going to align yourself with people that agree with you. In a survival scenario, especially, you're going to seek comfort and validation, right? So this is kind of an instance of where we see a lot of that start to develop. There's, like, four, five, six groups that are breaking off. Mm -hmm. And they're incidentally, like, separated by aisle. 
I think they're also separated by intelligence. Sure, right. <laughs> In ascending order. The Isle oh, 8 people, yeah. I gotta figure it out. The Isle 1 people are talking about whatever. Well, because yeah. now, now we see, like, one of our first tribes of, you know, mm-hmm. has kind of split, and it's... Um, Let's see. God, God, God bless you for reading all these people's fucking names. But it's essentially. I stopped, uh, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's uh, David Ollie, who is one of my personal favorite mm-hmm. characters in this movie. Jim and um, uh, Myron okay. are all in this room. They're trying to get. There's this weird thunder that happens, and David goes to turn the generator on. Mm-hmm. When you didn't hear that noise, what noise? Well, the best part was like when he went to go check the ge- the generator. He walks into a fucking beam, like just like <laughs> oh. Oh. it wasn't even a jump scare. He just looked like a fucking idiot, and that's so Stephen King. <laughs> He's Stephen King's the kind of guy. It's very like, Ash. Well, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I'm just gonna run into this. <laughs> He's like, can we run that scene one more time? Can we run that scene one more time? Mm-hmm. Can we do it one, one more time? <laughs> He's like laughing his ass off in the back. <laughs> this fucking idiot. Yeah. Uh, You're not my Rick Grimes. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Grimes would never do this. <laughs> so, uh, Andrew Lincoln, if you're listening right now, mm-hmm. what are you not doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so, oh, and we also have, I'm sorry, most importantly, Norm. Which I really just latched onto that name because I love Cheers. <laughs> sure. Norm is a young whippersnapper that is working at this job and is clearly gunning for a promotion because he volunteers to go clean whatever's blocking the exhaust. Yeah. And you he's know? also like, he's not only just volunteering after they know. So like when the mist came in initially, like yeah. you hear people screaming yeah, I had there. We, we both had like a kill marked for a guy like running out to his car like, fuck this. And then he just dies. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it's like. <laughs> so he's like no it's my idea mm-hmm. we're i'm gonna do it and dave's like what the fuck are you talking about are you fucking idiot <laughs> right. that's that big penis energy right <laughs> if if you saw somebody jump into lava and they died would you jump into lava to unblock an exhaust vent yes. you know what I, you know what i'm saying and that's kinda... <laughs> because i could get it done right okay norm felt the same way y'all would have been friends <laughs> In heaven. Okay. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Suicide is, uh, well. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now we kind of have like this four or five minute scene where Jim, who is like a, uh, he's pretty much like an automotive guy, mm-hmm. like a, uh, a repairman. I don't know what the fuck he He's got that on. like greasy. An automotive technician. You know, he's got like the greasy Grease monkey. On. That's sure. what I was yeah, looking yeah, yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He works with his hands. We'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah, he pretty much like called David everything but the F word yeah, to yeah, like get. Um, 100%. He, he's like, you need to let Owen do his fucking thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, calm down. Everything's going to be fine. Lo and behold, when people in horror movies say that everything is going to be fine, everything. Nothing is fine. Yeah, everything yeah. actually immediately turns to mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> Owen, like, hits the generator to turn pull the fucking garage door up. Mm-hmm. And, like, the mist starts to, like, starts to come under the mm-hmm. door, and then it just stops. That's Comes the back, only yeah. thing that they don't answer in that movie is why the mist didn't just overcome. Because all the other storefronts that we saw and any kind of building that we saw post then mm-hmm. was all filled, mm-hmm. right? They were all completely overtaken. The clouds are cognizant. Yeah, and then we get that moment of, 
See, you fucking idiot. Yeah. Everything's fine. And Look, he doesn't want to come in here. <laughs> and then, <laughs> right. We have a weird space octopus <laughs> brought here by tachyons. <laughs> it was very Lovecraftian, yeah, actually. It was. Uh, a little bit more vile. <laughs> and it's not like, I'm, I'm exaggerating. It's not an octopus. We'll find out later. But it's just this, whatever this subspecies of creature that is here yeah. has the ability to utilize its tentacles independently which know. also have spikes yeah and then they, they can yeah. just flay yeah, yeah, yeah. out and uh-huh. just fucking you know they're ripping patches of skin mm-hmm. off of owen uh there's a point where i'm like i am a thigh guy myself you right. know <laughs> suction cutting is different though you know what I- <laughs> yeah there's like parts of his chest getting uh-huh. peeled off whole muscles and, coming and the, off the fucked up part about this whole scene is he's like help me help me and fucking david is the only person right. Who walks up and like grabs his hands and starts pulling back. And we were everybody- all talking about it too. We were like, this is what happens when like straight men are trying to problem solve is inevitably <laughs> somebody gets fucking hurt because the person that pissed farther than the other guy sent somebody in to get hurt. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> so, and, and, that's and that's exactly that So nobody knew how to react because nobody had envisioned this possibly going south because the smartest man in the room said to do this. Fuck that. <laughs> fucking... Uh, so yeah, we obviously get to our kill number one or two. Four. <laughs> Norm, Nami. Yeah. <laughs> flame? Yeah, I guess. He kind of gets pulled he out. We don't even the... really see a kill confirmed. We just kind of we don't get many kill oh, he confirmed. Did. He's dead, but we don't see him die. You know, he's still alive when he gets time. right. He gets pulled out of the mist, and that's where he dies. Right, 100%. And, and what's his name is like, I'm sorry, I didn't know that was going to happen. Jim starts gaslighting yeah. the absolute mm-hmm. fuck out of David. And David just fucking cold cocks him. Right, what He's was like, the line? He said something defective like, uh, uh, I just didn't understand it. Whatever you explained to me, you just needed to explain better. Yeah. That, or something I, like that. I think, that, I think that's borderline verbatim. Because it was like the most cockney country shit I had heard in my entire life. It's like, yeah. you only said it was a bad idea. You didn't say it was a really bad idea. Right, like, yeah. Uh, it's, all right, thanks. That feels like a Stephen King line to me. I don't know. <laughs> you know, now they're trying to break it up and... They kind of realize they're all like now out, right? Mm. They've settled their shit, I guess, for the yeah. most point, uh, for the most part, other than the fact that, you know, <laughs> Owen is dead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, a couple norm. of them are like drinking <laughs> old Normie. <laughs> old Normie. Uh, so yeah. we, we start getting um, uh, like the, the guys that are left. So we have David. Um, Jim and Myron and Ollie are all sitting around talking about how they need to convince everybody else about what they just saw because nobody else knows what's in the mist. They just know that it's bad. Mm-hmm. Where, that's where they need to stay. I'm one of those people where like, I don't necessarily just follow blindly into something. Right. But in this situation, if I knew that I couldn't leave because mist equals bad, mm-hmm. and somebody tells me this is the bad thing that's in the mist, right. I'm pretty fucking inclined to listen to right. it. Right, 100%. Like, this is the thing about lying by omission, mm-hmm. right? You are telling that person that they can't handle reality, mm-hmm. which is so fucking disrespectful. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just tell me what's going on so I can, like, <laughs> mentally, I'll be okay. Most people will be okay. I think right? most people, like, even though I think people are inherently bad, I do think there is a point where, like, the survival instinct kicks in. Yeah. And that's where, like, 
You're not getting fed false information. I want God. everything that I can believe in right now because everything that I thought was true is fucked. Yeah. So People I need are some resources. I don't want to die. Right. 100%. <laughs> yeah. I need to be faster than at least somebody some else. Straight fucking dick is what we <laughs> <laughs> um, So they start talking to Brent, who is the neighbor that we met earlier. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of got his tribe aligned. Again, there's yeah. a lot of survivor, <laughs> right? There's a, lot of, there's a lot of survivor themes in this. While everybody was off on Exile Island dealing with the bullshit, <laughs> Brent has been <laughs> assembling his own Avengers. The yeah. Revengers, if you will. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they kind of pull Brent into the fold. And like, my thing too is like when they pull him in, they're being very quiet mm-hmm. about a lot of it. They're like, listen, man... And what, what was fucking mind-blowing to me was they brought him in because they know that he's a good leader and because he's intelligent. He's intelligent. This whole situation is essentially them sucking his dick, right? Yeah. Like It's just like, hey, we need you to lead these people. This is the gravity of the situation. I'm just going to level with you about what's going on. Right, and, it's just and Brent turns into a fucking child. Yeah. He's just like, you guys are just trying to make me look fucking stupid. Like when you sued me last mm-hmm. year, all you hicks fucking cover for each yeah. other. And it's just like, I'm like, dude, this is not an issue about race. Like he's really trying to tell you yeah. not to go outside so you don't fucking mm-hmm. die. You're yeah. in here now, man. You know what I mean? And like Dave even says, look, I cut part of the tentacle off. Do you want to come look at it? And he's like, no, I don't want to come look at it. <laughs> I've got all the evidence you need. You just need to step through this fucking door, you idiot. And now Brent is yeah. fucking gaslighting him too, again, because he's just like, you don't have fucking evidence. I'm not going to go look at your evidence. Mm-hmm. Evidence is stupid. Like, yeah, just Fear like, of looking like an idiot often makes one look like an idiot. Doesn't it's interesting it? how that works. It is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, soy idioso. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> how are you today, Eric? I'm an idiot. <laughs> I put this next one as parents just don't understand because, you know, you have this now. It's not like a knockdown drag out between uh, Brent and David, but it's very vocal. It's very overt. It's very uh, camped at this point mm-hmm. where everybody's starting to come in together. And the uh, store manager, mm-hmm. I guess, is just like the guy who's like, I'm going to try and figure this out. And he looks down at Ollie and he's like, Ollie drinking Budweiser's right now Mm -hmm. really and then uh there's actually another part where they're gaslighting them before they go back because at this point Dave is just trying to get somebody to come back and fucking look at the piece of tentacle to be like this is fucking real yes you know um and then we have the store manager who looks down at Ollie and he's just like the Budweiser again really Mm -hmm. and then we get this uh Really this interesting. Is a common Ollie thing. Or yeah, 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 I, I guess. Yeah. Even though Ollie is the hardest worker in this store, right. and no one fucking if he wants to drink a beer, let him get anyway. Yeah, uh, people yes. are dying, right. my guy. So right. tell me you're not chugging whatever the fuck you can get your hands on. And then point. and then Brent drops the line where it's like, I think the tentacles are coming out of the beer cans, and I yeah. was like, that's which is so- actually a really good. Line. <laughs> I did remark on that. I thought that was fucking funny. And it's so yeah. Stephen King. Yeah, it like, is, yeah. Um, yeah. So they bring the store manager into the back. And he's like, they double tap, poke the mm-hmm. fucking tentacle piece that got mm-hmm. left in there. And like, it just fucking turns to acid on the mm-hmm. ground. It fucking melts. And they come back out and they're like, guys, we have a real fucking problem on our hands. Mm-hmm. And still no one fucking believes right. them. No one believes mm-hmm. this shit. And I'm just like, then why are you all here? 100%. 
But alas, there is a believer among us. The problem is she's in a bathroom stall praying to God for the strength to lead these people and be their deliverer. What I will say, I, I, <laughs> I commented on this during the movie, is I, I think Stephen King writes these character archetypes remarkably. Like the religious zealots, he mm-hmm. really fucking sells me on those. It's oh. hard to miss that, isn't it? Like yeah. in a way, and like Stephen King still kind of outdoes it. The stereotype goes so hard. Right. Because it's still the character that it's you don't love to hate them. You just hate them. And maybe that's part of the magic, right? And, I'm and, a Christian and I hate myself. So it's like... <laughs> mm, self-loving. Yes. <laughs> Judas. Judas! Mark that. But fucking... Uh, so now we kind of get um, the scene where at least like there are a handful of people that understand the gravity of what's happening not everyone's converted yet to believing that this is god or some fucking evangelical yeah we're still in defense mode we're still in kind of like let's just go with the pack a lot of people are uh, stacking dog food bags at the front it's a shitload of dog food because again this is a small grocery store yeah transdimensional demons love dog food. they do weirdly (laughs) um because dogs don't (laughs) <laughs> and what does Brent want to do in this situation? Because like uh, we, the, uh, so the dog food stackers are being essentially commanded by Dave at this point. Yeah. So uh, we he kind of decides that he wants to leave, right? He's and just so, going to go out because yeah, I yeah. missed that. Okay. Yeah, He's just going to he, exit he, the building and try mm-hmm. it on his own. Whoever wants to come can come. Actually, that's a little bit later. Okay. That's a little bit later. Right, right now, uh, we're just building up our barricades. We're int- we're really hard introducing the character Sally that we oh uh, uh, Mrs. Car- uh, Carmody Carmody okay. yeah so we we have uh, Carmody is now kind of like doing this prayer in the bathroom right I also pray over the toilet mm-hmm. mostly for my own health but you mm-hmm. know <laughs> the moment itself yeah. is what requires self deliverance uh, yeah deliver yeah. us from anus. <laughs> <laughs> So she, on thy throne. Um, <laughs> yes, and she so she again believes that she's been given this divine right to be a shepherd. Well, at this point, people. she's even asking for it. hundred percent. She's asking God for the permission and to save a soul. What, what's her name? Um, Amanda mm-hmm. comes in and is like, "Look, it kind of sounds like you need a friend right now. I also kind of know what you're going through and that kind of thing. You can talk to me whenever. I'm right here." You know, yeah, and she like takes that really personally. The only friend I need is God. Don't yeah. you condescend me, right? Yeah. The day I need a friend like you, I will squat over the toilet and pinch one off. Yeah. I was like, "Holy yeah. shit, dude!" Mm-hmm. Like, shit. Holy shit, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> I have my shitty moments. Well done. <laughs> well done. So now we have like this super level of disdain for Amanda from uh, Miss Carmody, and like. Now we kind of start to see the direction this movie is going to start taking. And again, if you've read a Stephen King book, mm-hmm. if you've seen a Stephen King uh, story or read a Stephen King story, you kind of, there is always that level, right? This is like- one of my favorite <laughs> dynamics, generally speaking, in the moment of tragedy. Mm-hmm. You look at any period in history, okay, after like A.D., 
Right. You have people that are trying to get the fuck out. You have people that are willing to stay there and survive and just mm-hmm. weather it and that kind of thing. And the Christians are in there somewhere trying to convert everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it's this consistent thing throughout. Take me <laughs> right. <up. laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. So that was funny. I, I will say, like, I do always love having that character to hate mm-hmm. as well, because it's so easy. It makes it easy. It, it's, it's so easy. It makes it, you know, you have your antagonist, your, like, sub-antagonist or whatever. And at this point, like, Ollie, sweet Ollie, three but Budweiser's deep, is just <laughs> had enough. And he threatens to tape Carmody's mouth. <laughs> and he's like, oh, he's yeah, like, yeah. if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm, le- I'm literally going to, like, wrap tape around your head. Yeah, and like, Amanda's <laughs> like... You can try, and then you whore, I'm coming after you, too. Right, and Amanda's like, what the fuck did I do? (laughs) (laughs) I've literally offered you nothing but friendship, and you've called me a whore. (laughs) I love that scene, too, because, like, as she turns to Amanda, like, Ollie just kind of, like, steps up into her shit. So Mm -hmm. as soon as she turns around, she's like, (laughs) Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Like, if they were going to kiss, they needed to back up. 100%. (laughs) Most uh, girls react the same way to me, too. <laughs> <laughs> so as this, like, overzealous uh, uh, diatribe is happening mm-hmm. from uh, Ms. Car- Mrs. Carmody, in the background, we still have all of the soldiers alive. And they're kind of, like, you know, talking about their own shit. Mm-hmm. If you kind of know at this point, because it's been pretty in your face, that they had something to do with it. Maybe not directly, but indirectly, they know what's fucking happening. Yeah, and I think this is one of those scenes that's kind of hard for me to watch in the sense that, like, this is a topic that gets explored a lot when we deal with soldiers, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I'm not making a remark on PTSD as much as I am making a remark on the fact that, like, not everybody who has served in the military has been part of something that has caused them. No, 100%. You know what I mean? No, 100%. And so that, like, in film, every soldier in history is always, like, privy to information Mm -hmm. that's causing them great guilt and weight and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's just like, they were literally talking earlier about how they could have just left and nothing would have happened. You know what I mean? So it's like, why are you suddenly (laughs) bearing the weight of like whatever your conscience has? Mm -hmm. You know, it it was just a weird vibe. Yeah. So now we actually get to uh, Ollie and uh, David and I think Dan is part of the group at this point because he's not part of the crazy overzealous shit right now. You're right. Um, so uh, the the core crew, the Avengers that we mm-hmm. will come to know towards the end of this movie, are finally getting together, and they're trying to come up with a plan as far as what they think we're going to need to mm-hmm. do. Uh, so, we can't stay here forever, right? Well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So even David is like, asked the, starting to kind yeah, of yeah. He asked the manager. He's like, so like you know, we can make spears out of knives and you know torches and shit like that. But do you have a gun here? Mm-hmm. And the manager's like, oh, no, I don't have a gun here. And fucking Dan just pulls a gun out of his pocket. And he's just like, yeah, I have a gun. He's got like two fucking uh, loads of speed loaders for it, too. Yeah, revolvers, which is sick. Oh, That's yeah. That's such a flex. Guess like, what's what, not going to jam. Right, yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, so... Uh, we get the gun together, and they're deciding who is going to shoot it. <laughs> and Amanda's like, oh, I shot one before at a gun range. I had the target a, a couple, couple times. times. Yeah, yeah. And Two uh, out of six ain't bad. <laughs> Ollie literally takes the gun out of his hands <laughs> right. and goes, I was state champ. I was like, that's yeah. my fucking boy. Of course that's you were, Ollie. That's my fucking yeah. boy, yeah. Ollie. <laughs> yeah. 
He was the hero we deserved this entire Ollie's fucking movie. Ollie's the realest one. Ollie's effectively Wolverine here. You know, <laughs> he just drinks and kills shit. So. <laughs> Uh, which is so gang. Like, he it, felt like this was supposed yeah. to be his coming of Ash story. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now, at this point, uh, we have uh, Brent and... I hate to put it like this, but it's like a black guy. And a, and it's in fucking IMDb as Biker. Yeah. So it's like, there are two, there are two other guys that decide that they're going to go with him. The only other black person in the entire store. But and also it, and like, it was just w- like, it was so frustrating because again, it's one of those things. Just and the like, scene was so pandering yeah. too, because it felt like Brett was like, black people unite. And I'm just like, dude, come And the biker on. even makes a comment where he's like, no, he ain't my people, but he's right. You know, and it's just like, what, what is with this like sudden switch and it just like racial stereotyping? What is Stephen King like without that? pedophilia? hundred percent. And racism. And racism. <laughs> exactly. And so I'm sure that wasn't intentional from a directorial standpoint no, as much as it so. was just like bad coincidence. Right. Yeah. You know? it, but, it, well, like to be clear, like, I don't think, the movie was pandering for it, but I didn't like that the character It didn't was. have, and that's the point, right? It didn't have anything to do with anything. Yeah. It was just like, this is just the way they decided to go. You know, yeah. it was like. It was trite. It just kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just another one of those situations where if you had thought about that a little harder, you would have made a better decision. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So uh, we decide that we're going to do what you do for spelunking, I guess, and we're going to tie a rope to you. And we're going to let you walk out there. And if shit goes sideways, we're going to pull you we back get in. You. Yeah. Which I don't know why people think that that works in anything other than spelunking. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's just like, first of all, you already know that there's tentacle monsters out there. Yeah. You already know that you can't see anything. You have no idea where mm-hmm. you're going. And of course they walk out and the, the line actually eventually just drops. Right. right. Because the thing is, if the tentacle monster is at the front of the mist, that makes it a grunt. <laughs> you know? <laughs> In chess, the pawns go first. <laughs> so as the rope drops, everyone starts fucking panicking. Mm-hmm. Like, and it doesn't just drop. It goes like taut, taut. And like, silent. They are, the yeah. Whole, the whole scene is just 30 seconds of silence. And it gets ripcorded again. I'm not sure this was an intentional thing, but I drew a comparison to the fact that Brent couldn't start the chainsaw. His, his, <laughs> his ripcord wasn't, you know what I mean? And I, I think it's, on his shoulder it's so he poetic can that he goes out this way. Spoiler, but only for a few seconds because that line snaps and everybody in the store is now being pulled out because of the strength of whatever is pulling on this rope at this point. With you know some what I mean? super heat on that fucking rope. It I is, mean, it yeah. is burning his hands. Actually, one of the, what I really loved about this scene was Irene, mm-hmm. the uh, one of the older lesbians, mm-hmm. or what I assume to be an, a lesbian. Um, she does this amazing thing where she just fucking tosses a, a towel to him. It's like, you'll burn your hands. And it's like, oh, wow. They actually really thought Thank about you. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Because that was my thought. I was right. like, my hands would be on fire. Mm-hmm. No, and I, like, I'm just letting go. I'm yeah. I, Like, my self-preservation kicks in at that point, too. You know what I mean? Also, Brent kind of sucks. <laughs> right. He's giving you nothing but guff the whole time. Yeah. Even while y'all were living together before the mess. Right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, pre-COVID was a weird time. It, yeah, I, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> and so they they begin 
getting a grip on the rope li- quite literally, but they're also pulling it back. It pulls taut again, it, but it also... This time, they're pulling a rope that is covered in blood. Well, I was going to say was one thing that I really loved about that scene was when they were pulling and it wasn't like actually pu- like flying through their hands, the rope starts to lift up at an obtuse angle yeah. through the door. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. fuck, man. There's always a bigger fish. <laughs> and he eaten the smaller fish. Right. <laughs> so yeah, they start pulling the blood Cthulhu. back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're literally like reclaiming what was once theirs. And so here comes the blood rope. And um, <laughs> at from the mist comes a uh, human abdomen, shall we say. <laughs> it was like the perfect cut right at the waistband of the Levi's jeans that he was wearing. Yeah, yeah, it was like, <laughs> it was, it was, I don't eat denim or something. I don't know what that was. If he was, had a tramp stamp, you'd still be able to yeah. see it. <laughs> Part of his intestines are still attached or whatever. Again, there were four or five people at this point. So we kind of wrote down like kills three through seven here. Four kills number three through seven. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brent and biker guy and the, you know what I mean? We're mm-hmm. going to assume at this point that the person at the end of the rope was Brent. I Everybody think. that walked outside was dead. They He kind of, like, Dave continues pulling the legs. <laughs> I think that's just trauma at that You know point. what I mean? Yeah, just, just like, like, I can't, I don't know. It's like yeah. the Jackie Kennedy thing. Like, you just, sure. you, yeah. you just fucking react, mm-hmm. yeah. right? There's yeah. a- <laughs> we don't have to go too far into it, but there's a scene in 300 where um, the captain's son gets decapitated. Yeah. And instead of grabbing the head, he grabs the decapitated body and everything. And it's kind of one of those, like, weird, like, what part of, anyway. <laughs> so. It was just, yeah, so the the point being that now everybody is convinced that, like, okay, we just don't go out into the mist, right? We yeah, have no to think shit. Of, we have, yeah, 100%. <laughs> we have to think of something else here, right? Yeah, you know? we, we have to come up with some sort of plan. And then we get this hard cut into the locker room of, this, <laughs> yeah. of, the, of the food house. And Sweet Sally is just sitting mm-hmm. there being gorgeous and trying to keep her shit together. And... Lieutenant Eyebrows walks in, right? Uh, yeah. uh, agent, or not agent. Uh, yeah, Private Jessup. Jessup. Private yeah, Jessup. Yeah. yeah. Which, which is crazy because uh, Sam Witter has done, or Whitwer has done so much work in the horror spectrum and mm-hmm. is absolutely amazing. Like, I'll do a quick plug real quick where if you guys have not seen Funhouse on, uh, on Hulu yet, it is so much fun. It is a absolutely. great, it is an absolutely great movie. And he plays the antagonist of the movie cool. and does an yeah. absolutely phenomenal fucking job. Was he in The Walking Dead? Uh, don't, probably. <laughs> pro- probably. He was probably a secondary Walking Dead character. He was one of the zombies. Yeah. He was an extra. Yeah. He's standing next to Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Paints town red. <laughs> Um, so anyways, uh, we have this locker room scene and we're, it's v- very clear that uh, Private Jessup is from this town. Like he and Sally are like high school sweethearts. Mm-hmm. He joined the military to do whatever. And this was like the first scene where I actually kind of noticed that the people that are not MPs that we've seen so far that are in their blues all have the private or the not the private the project arrowhead mm-hmm. patch right so this is they like clearly know something they're part of this for this reason well and i will say one of the differences between this and the books 
is it is very Stranger Things-esque or like Project Arrowhead is not a faction of the government. Mm-hmm. It's like the black water of science, mm-hmm. kind of like what you get in Stranger Things. Classified. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. This is so far off the books. Well, I mean, we're we're dealing with, well, I mean, we'll get to it here in a minute, but we're dealing with shit that is beyond basic human comprehension. Sure. Um, so anyways, night has fallen. Mm-hmm. And if it feels like we're jumping between scenes, that's because they did these really weird fade outs it, between it, everything. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, I think we're meant to assume that all of this is happening simultaneously, right? Yeah. Because it happens over the course of one evening and like morning doesn't even come before we pick back up into the present, right? Mm-hmm. So it's very just, you know. Um, but the point is, is he's making a move on Sally and it's kind of, I guess he just understood that he was at his at the end of his life or whatever, and he just wanted to fuck the hottest person in the room or something like well, that. Well, I really or, think they yeah. were together. Oh, really? Okay. Because he calls her honey at one point, and not okay. and not in like the not hey, in a flirtatious. Honey. Yeah, no, it felt you know, like asshole way that you know. <laughs> yeah, the, well, there's a scene that happens here in just a minute where like he is genuinely devastated you know okay. it wasn't yeah. like he just lost out on i missed that one then. Yeah, yeah he didn't miss smart. out on a sport bump yeah, like right, this yeah, was. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah yeah um so anyways <laughs> he, he finished four minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get that reference listen to final destination please <laughs> so anyways uh now it's it's dark dark outside we're in the mm-hmm. am phase of mm-hmm. night and everything um we have our lanterns out Mm-hmm. At, on top of the dog food bags and that, which kind is of already thing. fucking stupid. Which is weird because you would <laughs> never want to draw attention. Not only does light, you know, transmit through moisture and glass, yeah, and glass, <laughs> but also there are creatures out there that want to kill you, even if they're just eating you or whatever. There's some kind of like primeval urge that's happening yeah. in there to end your life. And that yeah, kind of, why would there be lights on when it's dark? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Period. I think, actually, ironically, that's something that they learned in Walking Dead. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Put your fire out. No, like, that that was Lord of the Rings, dude. That, that's like, that was, that was, put it out. I made you some bacon, Frodo. No, put the fucking fire out. There's demons pursuing us. Yeah. But what about second breakfast? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Hippin, you little bitch. And sure as shit. Here comes this mega bug, mm-hmm. right? This like so there there were the yeah, you get the the mega mosquito. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but and then we start to see the plague has started to come. So ever this yeah. is like, this religious is like, lady focus. I told you. Locus. I fucking told you. <laughs> and it all seems calm at first and they all start like this is the part that pissed me off in this yeah. fucking movie because everything goes really calm for a mm-hmm. minute. Then we start to get Megasquito, 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 and people keep bringing fucking lanterns to the window, and then out of nowhere, this giant bat demon comes out of nowhere and just fucking, mm-hmm. I hate mosquitoes. We're only prey, <laughs> or we're only predators from our dimension. <laughs> right. And like, you know, it's cr- this weird bat goblin pterodactyl. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, so now uh, we get the line from uh, David, and he's just like, uh, Oh my god, they're attracted to the light. I'm like, no shit, oh, fuck, dude. They're bugs, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what was it from uh, A Bug's Life? <laughs> no, don't go into the light. I can't help it. It's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, uh, the thing is, is like, uh, what I drew the comparison to between like the greater bugs, bat demons, this is straight up Ridley from Metroid. 
Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. what that was. To me. I think this he is... missed the unicorn, and <laughs> yeah. that was about it. This is just Ridley. There are multiples, <laughs> though. So they take all the light. They turn off the fucking lights. You know, the beacons are off. <laughs> you know, And they retreat back in because one of the Ridleys is just what I'm going to go with crashes through the window like not mm-hmm. only like now okay so like problem one is the fact that you have to deal with this now problem two is the room can now be filled with the mist at right. the mist will as we've learned already it decides what it enters what it doesn't enter still doesn't have any interest sure so <laughs> just, <laughs> so this is problematic for everyone and of mm. course the mega mosquitoes start coming in <laughs> and they are um targeting people mm-hmm. right so they also have this urge to kill the humans right. right you know or literally anything that's not themselves right including each other it seems including like each as, other. as long as because there's a pecking order yeah if you are a different species because we see so many different types of creatures mm-hmm. in this movie which was really cool but if you are in the same plane of existence of being that creature mm-hmm. you don't fight your brother and sister you an fight. enemy of my enemy exactly exactly yeah and so poor sally yeah unfortunately gets the fucking stinger to the neck yeah for what yeah kill number eight yep anaphylaxis 100 (laughs) percent because she's laying there swelling up and i'm like do we have any like does anybody have an EpiPen? (laughs) today's episode is sponsored by benadryl (laughs) 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 and it it's important, like you were saying. I do remember now, and Jessup is beside himself. But yeah. like, why that? While this is happening, like Billy, the son that's been kind of you know, idiot boy, yeah, is like the Ridley is chasing him and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Ollie's here with a gun, but he can't get a clear shot. Uh, they're stabbing some of the mosquitoes and things mm-hmm. like that. They're lighting some of them on fire. Somebody lights a mop on fire that they like, yeah. like soak with gasoline and or also something. lights himself on and fire. And ends up lighting himself <laughs> on fire in the process, which is just an oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> why <Yeah>. me? Why? Hundred <laughs> percent. And yeah, and so it's like it's this incredible Rio season's gonna be. Lit. You kind of have that like while this is going, on, you know, and. So Sally dies, like you mentioned, and we basically like have this like shootout, like uh, in the shadow of two gunmen kind of moment between yeah. like Ridley and Ollie, who's holding yeah. the gun. In the middle, though, is Billy, and Dave has to do like one of those like dive roll grab. So removals. notably, yeah. uh, Ollie does get a shot on this bat and creature, clips it, right? yeah. yeah, yeah, which is why he's trying to crawl away, mm-hmm. and the bat creature like sees Billy's dumbass standing in the middle of the 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 aisle separations yeah. and it's just like well if i'm gonna die i'm gonna take this little white boy down <laughs> <Right>. with me yeah. <laughs> 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 just fucking and it, you know there it felt like there wasn't a lot of time in that scene yeah. for kind of what happened which was funny because like as ridley is kind of like crawling at uh billy we see david like come up behind like you're talking about mm-hmm. doing the the roll but he like locks eyes with ollie in the background mm-hmm. and they were like they kind of have this mutual like you do should. your thing cuz right, <laughs> so he grabs billy and just fucking ices uh-huh. ridley so what's right? what's awesome about this from a morale standpoint is the fact that these care these creatures can be killed yeah so that's dope yeah. right what's also kind of awesome about this from a storytelling standpoint is while all this is going on mrs carmody has a mega mosquito land on her, yeah, and it chooses not to sting her because she's surrendering surrendering herself to the will of God. 
it right. flies away. Sure, that's why I did. A hundred percent, right? That may be what we're led to believe. That may be, you know, something about her bloodstream. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know. Mosquitoes really fucking like me. So, <laughs> uh, number nine, I just put fire guy. Yeah, because he just cause like he's he's kind of in that. Please he, just shoot me. Yeah, I, yeah, he, yeah. He did not survive. My this. entire body is yeah. covered in third degree. I, yeah, but I want to be dead. I'm yeah. convinced that if like we we don't even see him for the rest of the movie, I'm just convinced that he fucking kills himself if, if nothing else. This is the point in my viewing where it became abundantly clear that everybody in this grocery store was going to die. Yeah, so I absolutely. stopped keeping a kill count at yeah, this point. I'll absolutely. Be real. Yeah. Um. So then we kind of move on. It's time to leave. It's time. Yeah. We have to plan an escape. Right. We start planning it, but first we have to, we're planning to go to the pharmacy first. Mm-hmm. The pharmacy that's in the same, because it's a strip mall that they're, the, the food mm-hmm. house is actually yep. in. We kind of start talking to each other about like, hey, we also need to figure this out before everybody starts drinking the fucking Kool-Aid mm-hmm. for Mrs. Carmody because, because they're shit. going to. She's in full like revelation, you know, Ten Commandments mode and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And so it's, yeah. And of course, like they're talking about going to the pharmacy and... You know, she starts gaslighting them in front, or Mrs. Carmody starts gaslighting them out fr- in front of everybody. And it's mm-hmm. like, if you go out there, you're going to bring that evil into our house. And I'm like, bitch, you are the evil in this in house. In the food house? house. <laughs> in the food. <laughs> you're going to bring that food into this house? <laughs> so we wind up going to uh, one of my favorite scenes, or one of my favorite parts of that scene, where she starts like reciting scripture. To everybody, and she just gets doned with a fucking can of peas. Yeah, Irene. Irene, the fucking goat. Uh (laughs) And she's like, what? People get stoned in the Bible all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you'd like that. Um, But anyways. We're uh, now in the pharmacy diner. It was kind of a cool one of those old school vibes, right? You know? The last thing I want to say before we go into the pharmacy is when she throws that can of peas at uh, Mrs. Carmody. She goes, they throw stones in the Bible yeah, all the so time. Yeah, so I was like, what? <laughs> that's in your book, right? I got plenty of peas. It's <laughs> like, that's my girl. And she's such a badass, she goes to the pharmacy with them. She's like scouting for them. Yeah. She's in the front, right? <laughs> she's behind the counter. Hey, don't go in there. <laughs> you she know? pops up with like hard candies. Yeah, right. <laughs> She's got like malts as she comes up, <laughs> puts whipped cream in them and shit. It was actually so much like uh, Gulrich's in Fredericksburg. We we had that place, yeah, yeah. the three flavor place. <laughs> oh yeah, the yeah. three the three. Well, there's the three flavor place. Gulrich's was the place where you could get oxycotton and you could get an egg cream and you could get an egg salad sandwich. That place was baller. <laughs> so Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Dope sick Saturday. <laughs> but uh, this so, is where like yeah. we, we have another species, mm-hmm. right? We have another part of this food chain, whatever this race is. Because we've seen four so or we've seen four now. It's clearly not a race though. This is an entire ecosystem mm-hmm. that is present here at this point, right? The portal we opened was big. This room has spiders in it, which is like Pretty much, I'm not anti-spider, I'm not kill a spider on sight and that kind of thing, but the feeling of spider webs on my body, the idea of being, you know, that it's it's the creepiest fucking shit. And they right? felt that. And they felt that. Because <laughs> yeah. I felt that. So, 
it, it, it's it, they see like people that they that have left the store previously trapped in these. One of them was one of the MPs. Was that, the MP that officer? Left. Yeah, 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 because yeah. his helmet is on the floor. Also, like <laughs> they covered kick in on accident. Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, and we start to see these people in like again. It's just like if a spider wraps you up in something to feed on you later. In this case, it was to fucking put eggs it's in your so body. It's so brutal. Yeah. yeah, it was rough to yeah. watch. He's like, I'm so sorry. We did this. And like, you know, he's one of the MPs. And mm-hmm. so now we're getting a little bit more information about like, ooh, what did you do? And it's just like, you know, he finally starts throwing up spiders and they're blowing out of his fucking intestines and shit. And everybody's like, oh, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And there's like these bigger spiders that are coming down. And they start shooting these webs. So here's my only issue with this entire fucking... Or it's not my only issue. This is... <laughs> this no, is <laughs> I don't want to lie to these people. Yeah. One of my bigger issues with this fucking movie is... Did they... Did these spiders get to decide when their webbing is acidic? Right, like, yeah. Because, yeah. like, they shoot... There's, like, a line, like, before everything goes to shit. Like, before the uh, baby mm. spiders start popping out where there's like a line of web that shoots out and it starts to lay across the ground and it's very clearly acidic. It's like it just gross. Yeah, yeah, it just it, melts it, shit. It corrodes the concrete <laughs> right. under their fucking feet. Yeah. It gets one of the guys in the leg. Right. Like His everybody leg just yeah. comes off. You know? <laughs> it was funny. Ah. Too. They're like, we ought to cut it off. I'm like, you have no idea. Right. <laughs> Good news is even demon spiders burn in fire. Yes. So, no, they don't die, but they do burn. Yes. <laughs> right. And that's actually, again, Irene is fucking mm. goaded. She is mm. absolutely goaded in this movie. Because uh, Jim falls apart like a pansy little bitch. And then fucking Irene just walks up and she get, has like the can of, what was it? Bug, Bug smash. smash. <laughs> Bug smash and a Bic lighter and just fucking... <laughs> Irene has a bigger kill count with a flamethrower than Rorschach and Watchmen. And that's a fucking problem. So <laughs> you tell me who you want on your side in the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we lose uh, number eleven. I don't care what his name is. He was so secondary. Four kill number eleven. <laughs> I stopped counting. I'm doing it. For, <laughs> okay, I do cool. it for the people. All right. Cool. <laughs> Because the kill count is so high. There are eight. What I want everybody to movie. do <laughs> is to check your bingo card because I know you have the cast list from IMDb. And if the characters die based on when we call them out on the kill count, you can mark it down and send it to us and we'll send you a prize. <laughs> <laughs> That's, gonna be That's how many fucking people are in this movie and died in this movie. <laughs> we can play bingo with it. We're going to send you a picture of Eric laying out on a picnic blanket. <laughs> I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. It'll be a Polaroid. (laughs) It's a real serial killer shit. I'm a Pisces. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Ah, that makes sense. I too am a Virgo. Yeah. (laughs) Mercury's in Gatorade. (laughs) My Mercury's in Gatorade, bro. I don't know what to tell you. Um, So now... The people that have survived, other than, you know, number 11, uh, have made it back to the store. They're like, let us fucking in! Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, okay! <laughs> and everybody's just screaming. They're grabbing, like, whoever the nearest person yeah. is. 
in David's case, it happens to be Billy. So that's yeah. sad. He gets to hold his son again and everything. And Billy's like, but I never then, thought you'd come back. And it's like, I didn't think you'd come back. And he's just got tears rolling down. I, dude, if I had to fight demon spiders and saw bodies exploding and shit, like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Where's the oxy? <laughs> um, but it's it, it was funny to me because the dude that was the big head honcho, you know, big dick swinging energy earlier on Hollywood. is sobbing and mm-hmm. screaming in this other man's arms. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so everybody has fucking, they're all, we're all broken at this point. Mm-hmm. It's the doll corporation all over again. You know? <laughs> so, so now we get, uh, Jim has kind of the auto mechanic has kind of turned the tide on what he's believing. Now he's starting to sip on the Kool-Aid mm-hmm. a little bit and he starts, uh, he finds out, I guess with not only the confession from the MP soldier that we run into, but a little bit of dialogue that was picked up between uh, private Jessup and uh, David. Mm -hmm. And he realizes that it was their fault. Yeah. It was their, it was the military that did this. Mm -hmm. And we find, we find out from uh, Jessup actually that what they were experimenting with. And, you know, he actually puts in his own words, I was not a part of this. Mm-hmm. I was just stationed there. But of course you hear talks around and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was something that high profile. I mean, I would shut the fuck up. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like, and maybe that's just me, but he starts talking about how they were experimenting with opening up other dimensions. Mm-hmm. I would still like to know why, because sure. first of all, that's fucking insane mm-hmm. because you don't know what's on the other fucking mm-hmm. side 100%. of that. Secondly, they actually don't cover that in the book either. Yeah. It's just another... And I love that this is something that we can... Like, this is so real, right? Yeah. Sometimes the military just fucks with shit that they shouldn't be fucking with because they want to. Syria. 100%. (laughs) CERN. Obama, if you're listening to this, please don't assassinate me. I'm not even that cool. (laughs) Um, Some of the other um, MPs are hung. At this point, hanged from the rafters. Yeah, I don't know if that's via suicide or if the people were aware of it ahead of time, and that's. What I don't think they were aware of it. Okay. I think that was suicide. Okay. And uh, so it's another one of those instances of like, obviously, this is way worse than they anticipated. And like these dudes are, he's a private. You know yeah. what I mean? He's not. He's he's a front line for a reason. Mark that. <laughs> he's in the front line of the military convoy that we saw at the beginning of the mm-hmm. movie. For a reason. So, <laughs> and so they oh, kind of, a he has. Yeah, they kind of they kind of snap on him and we go into kind of a uh, Lord of the Flies sort of, you know, oh, resent, right? And and um uh Carmody or whatever the fuck her name is is like really like holding the Bible and it's probably upside down because she's reading verses she clearly in the Bible can't read. that don't exist. You know, and that wasn't is, even King James, yeah. Dude, right? <laughs> yeah. Um but everybody is kind of, you know, torches and pitchforks on Jessup at this point, right? Um, some dude stabs him, like, three times. So, we get into, like, this point where, you know, like you are saying, it's the Lord of the Flies. Everybody starts pulling every which way. Yeah. He starts getting tossed around in the circle. It's mm-hmm. very, like, bull in the pen for mm-hmm. anybody who's done, yeah, like, yeah, football yeah. drills before. Right. Uh, and eventually, he just gets spun around, like, into this mm-hmm. pit that was fucking holding a Carving. A Bowie yeah. knife. Yeah. yeah. And I think you even pointed out there is no redneck that has ever stabbed a soldier. <laughs> like, Period. Period. Because That's I, how bad this is. <laughs> <laughs> the conservatives are turning on the military. <laughs> yeah. And they stab him. He stabs him like three times. And like, mm-hmm. 
There's a moment where like uh, Mrs. Carmody is just like, oh, oh no, and she's like, wait a minute. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, yeah. Fuck y'all. And I'm just like, oh my god, dude, are you really egging this, this on? Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, four, kill number 12. Perfect. Yeah, I'm keeping it rolling mm-hmm. for you guys out there. Um, I got my abacus out. <laughs> <laughs> I was seeing if there was a kill pun in there, but no. I'm not good at it. No, it's okay. My murder kiss, that's the best I got. No. It's okay. I, I, nope. won't, I won't edit that out. Okay. <laughs> It's your joke, man. Oh, I do that all the time. Fuck. <laughs> uh, I think everything I say is funny. Nobody else does. That's the problem. So anyways, they like take Jessup after getting stabbed three times and crowd surf him through the fucking food house. And he's just like, ah. Burn the witch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they just like put him on the other side of the glass door and I guess just like bolt lock it. Yeah. he's just like, let me. Fuck you. <laughs> That's why you love glass doors. So you'd be like, you can actually see somebody throw shade at you. CPI security, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, you know, he gets got. Again, yeah. you know, he is our kill number 12. He uh-huh. gets fucking wrapped up by Tentacle Monster and pulled up into mm-hmm. the mist and all. Which, again, it's just weird in this movie that these giant monsters, because, like, the tentacles that are coming off of this guy, we, we don't see uh, a little bit later that... The one that was by them was like really big, mm-hmm. but it was big enough to break through the front of that fucking sure. store, yeah. you know, and maybe it just eats, you know, murder mosquitoes and yeah. shit like that. But anyways, um, I snack on cheese. It's all the time, dude. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then we get another one of these hard fades that we've gotten mm-hmm. throughout like all of this movie. And it is Bill and Dave are laying next to one another and Bill has had a or Billy, Big Bill, as, Big he's, Bill. Refer- yeah, as, yeah. as he's referred to literally once. Billium. Billium. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, they're laying there face to face, and Bill is telling him, I need you to make me a promise, and it needs to be your best promise you've ever made. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's like, don't let the monsters get me, yeah. no matter mm-hmm. what. Yeah. And what's really cool about that scene is if you follow Stephen King and what he does and how he does his stories, this ending is nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Because uh, again, like I said in the beginning, is this was Stephen King's favorite ending that he didn't mm-hmm. write. Right. Which I'll, I'll get into my final thoughts about that later. But <laughs> this is a really fun ending to unpa- to unpack. I feel yeah, like. yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, now we start to get our escape plan together, mm-hmm. right? And we start to pull the Avengers back together. So we have uh, Ollie, Dan, two other uh, unnotables. Irene is in the mix as well as um, Irene. Amanda. Irene and Amanda were yeah, the two yeah. that I was forgetting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now that we've kind of pulled all of the Avengers together. Mm-hmm. Ollie actually, again, being my favorite character in this movie, was like, okay, well, I put all of these gro- uh, groceries at the front. All we have to do is pick them up. We're going to get up before everybody else and we're going to get the fuck out of here. We wake up in the morning. Everybody starts to creep over all the sleeping bodies and everyone's mm-hmm. like, shh, kind of shit. And then we re- look over into what I noticed was aisle two because the yeah. director felt like it was important <laughs> to show us what, what fucking register we were using. Whatever's on the screen is important information for us to know. Generally speaking, so. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. it kind of like peeks his head over mm-hmm. and everyone's like oh fuck right. and we look up and what do we see we see, we see <laughs> <laughs> what do we see I'm sorry <laughs> I don't know John you tell me <laughs> your mom <laughs> You have to leave this in. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that tequila shot hit me, dude. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so we see Mrs. Carmody. Yes! Of course! Of course. Holding like a fucking fillet knife. And just like sitting on a chair over top of their four right, grocery right, bags. Right, 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 right. Thank <laughs> you. Everybody has knives all of a sudden. Part of their indoctrination to Christianity, you are issued one of the knives from the grocery store. <laughs> and so we have this, you know, <laughs> we accept you one of us, Google gobble one of us, we accept you one of us, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, Ollie has his like, Again, I'm just going to step the fuck up and I'm going to handle this shit. Fuck this bitch. I got a revolver. Four. Kill number lucky (laughs) 13. My favorite part and what was so crazy was how important this scene was long term. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we get one to the gut and Miss Carmody, the last thing she felt was fucking pain before she got a second shot right to the dome. And what was amazing about this scene was there's a line that she drops on Amanda earlier Mm -hmm. where she says, by the end of this, I will see you on your knees. Mm -hmm. So when she gets shot in the gut, Mm -hmm. what do you do? You fall to your fucking knees. 100%. 100%. I also like the way that her body was strewn Mm -hmm. on the ground was arms out. Like yeah, straight. So we have that crucifixion imagery. She assumed again. that that would work. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was funny. Yeah. So, uh, you know, now everybody kind of like the power has left the it room. It shifted, right? Yeah. You play the hidden immunity idol. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ollie, you're safe from the game. You know what I mean? You can't be voted out tonight. And we have the, now we have this dynamic of who are those brave enough to enter the mist mm-hmm. and give it a shot and who wants to sit here because and part of this out. plan was right. that david knew that when the team went out earlier that they tied the string to that they went out about 200 feet because that's how long the mm-hmm. room was that was the most intelligent thing that i saw mm-hmm. in, this, in this entire movie mm-hmm. so he he literally looks at all of the rest of the quote-unquote avengers and is like I know that I parked twice as close than that. And he's in like a fucking 80s Toyota Land Cruiser mm-hmm. <laughs> with like four different with light like extra, fixtures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was modified. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, now we're kind of working our way out the store and he's like, fuck you. Fuck you. You're not cool. Fuck you. Yeah. You remember that part in the Simpsons movie where Homer is going down the hole and he's just <laughs> flicking everybody yeah. off. <laughs> uh, now we're like running out. And, you know, we've talked about the baseline of Avengers that we have mm-hmm. in this movie. There were two other people that ran out with them. Mm-hmm. And those are both kills 14 and 15, Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately. Uh, I don't know what their names are. Rest in peace. Mm -hmm. Anyways, now, like, our Avengers have made it to the car, and so is Ollie. Ollie, being my boy, being the fucking goat, has run the trek, 
has made it to the car and he turns around to tell everybody that everything's safe. And that's what you don't do. Because it turns out there's a mind flare. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was the fucking mind flare. It was all weird. Along. Like it, it was like that. Um, there's there's a there's another reference to I guess what this is. All all of it is completely like Cthulhu related. Yeah, right? it's very I mean? Lovecraft. It's all Lovecraftian. And so this is like a crab quadruped thing, you know what I mean? With an exoskeleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's also a bug. Yeah. Um, takes Ollie out, cuts him Kiss in half. Kiss my thorax. And his, and his pinchers, if I'm not, you know, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, he pinched. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, yeah. oh, he, he gets, yeah, he gets, he gets like the fucking lobster claw uh-huh. on Ollie. And like, usually I don't give a fuck in these movies, mm-hmm. but that was the one that I was like, no! Right. right. No! Because he's done nothing but rock this entire movie out. You and know save I mean? lives! In every scene he and was shoot in, not people. only did he say the right thing, but he did the right thing. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just cracking a couple beers with the boys and trying to take the edge <laughs> off a little bit. You know what I mean? Crack he's, a cold one yeah, with the boys and shoot saying. a fucking interdimensional bug. Budweiser. <laughs> Bud, Budweiser, if you're trying to sponsor somebody... We won't drink your shit, but we will take your money. I'll drink free. Okay. <laughs> uh, White Claw, if you're listening right now. I will drink your shit and take your money. <laughs> so we really give their money back to them. We give their money right back. 100%. Yeah. yeah and like, so back to the movie. <laughs> What's important in this scene is that Ollie drops one of his revolvers onto the hood of the the, the toy, revolver. The revolver. Yeah, at this point. the, the yeah, revolver. Yeah, yeah. And it, it that's it. so Dave has this like okay fuck I gotta like I gotta have this because <laughs> yeah. it's sitting on the hood of the car right. you might as well grab it right. And again, what was so important about the scene beforehand is the fact that there were two bullets that Ollie shot off right. To kill our girl, mm-hmm. which is fucked up for what we're going to talk about mm-hmm. here in a minute. Because if there was just one more, it would have fucking mattered. Anyways, uh, so now we kind of get through like, well, uh, the revolver hits the hood of the car. We get another one of these mm-hmm. bat demons that's like, ah! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <know>? And he, <laughs> Samus! <laughs> Samus, a rat! <laughs> he, he does manage to reach the revolver, pull mm-hmm. it into the car, and the bug just kind of fucks off actually like it walks over the hood of the car he doesn't even shoot it yeah (laughs) it just fucking holds on to it it exits yeah (laughs) yeah and and now everybody's in the car right and we can leave so what's amazing about this scene is like as like i checked the time when we were looking at it and there was literally 19 minutes left of the fucking movie Because we've already go, had our climate. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. We go through like the these uh scenes where like they're seeing the destruction, the mists throughout the town. They drive by Inya's fucking singing. <laughs> <laughs> Only time like <laughs> uh, so we wind up stopping by a couple places, you know, we see the spider acts have been through everywhere and <laughs> people are just like web glued, which I still don't understand yeah. because I thought it was corrosive. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's my choice. Yeah, it is your choice. My yeah. anthrax, my yeah. choice. It's like Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> They've got like ammo cartridges in their butts. And like, like <laughs> you want me to shoot them with this arrow? <laughs> we never saw the flashbang web. <laughs> <Just> luminescent. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so but he, like we make it back to the house, right? Yeah. The house where this all started. Dave's house. Yeah. Right. Welcome to Dave's house. <laughs> and spider webbed to the front of the, the building. And they sit there for like 20 minutes. Is old Bur- girl. Burning gas. Right. Right. <laughs> is old girl. Yeah. So they're, yeah. We, His old lady. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just drops this line. It was so Stephen King because he was just like, I told her I was going to fix that. Because <laughs> the whole audience is just like, I don't think she cares, man. Yeah. In my notes, I have, I don't care about the emotions in this scene. <laughs> my wall was Enya. Mm-hmm. 100%. My wall was Ollie. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm fucking. But you know what? Ollie died like a fucking hero. hero. He yeah. died like a fucking hero. Mm-hmm. And the hero we deserve. <laughs> he he has saved this city. He was born in the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> I was born of the bud. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, That's why they named Ollie's Ollie's. That's why we have this from here. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, so now we get this really cool scene, actually, where we see the Mega Mind Flare. Yeah. Because he's like 90 meters high. This is closer got... to the Cloverfield Kaiju or yeah, like... 100%. Maybe like a, a long neck from Horizon Zero Dawn or something like I this. I you are going to say from Land Before Time. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Fuck Littlefoot. But he, tree stars. He ate the last tree star. Yeah, that's some cuck shit. That is some cuck shit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> In a tribe of herbivores, you ate the last vegetable. <laughs> I just want to point that out. <laughs> okay, so, Somebody was going to. Yeah, anyway. You had five friends. There are five points on a tree star. Anyway, <laughs> we have... The <laughs> we had... Under the floorboards, five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's what it means. <laughs> so we have this towering... And this is... this Again, this is one of those interest, uh, this uh, instance of like... There is always a bigger fish, right? Yeah. Is this the and biggest one? We saw that one, a little though. bit earlier right. when we first got to the the murder skeetos. A hundred percent, and we just don't know, right? Mm-hmm. We just because like every time you think that this is the big bad, there's another big bad. Yeah. Right? How big do they fucking get? Right. How so big is the bad? There's kind of this sense of hopelessness among the group and everything, and they're just driving, and they're just kind of everybody's, you know, kind of saying their last rites and that kind of thing. You we know, hear the sputter. We hear the gas tank. Empty out. Something that all of us in 2022 can appreciate. (laughs) There is no more gas in the tank. Okay. And we have like this like fuck. And I think uh, it's like, is his name Dan? Is that right? You know, uh, he's David. Like, Dave, well, what's the other guy though? Oh, guy that is Dan. That yeah, is Dan. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And Dan's like, well, we had a good run. Nobody can take that away from us. And Irene was like, nope, they can't. And Amanda's looking at Dave and she's holding Billy in her arms and everything. Petting his head. He's asleep. Mm-hmm. Dave, we have a couple of like verbal exchanges and that kind of thing, but he finally pulls out the revolver with four shots in it. If you've been keeping track with anything here, you already knew. You already know. <laughs> there are four bullets. And five people. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even good at counting, and I fucking call into that. You know, it was important Uh, that it was a revolver for that reason, which was a good decision. Yeah, Yeah. the they. It's it's really interesting because at this point, uh, the book actually kind of lets off. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually more of a diary entry because a lot of the story that they did was a little more World War Z mm-hmm. in the aspect of the book World War Z where it was uh, isolated in different areas and we were covering different stories because that's just Stephen King yeah. in general. So this is where we really get our true blue ending for this Mm -hmm. movie that was very separated from the initial idea which is really cool correct because the way stephen king wrote it is it's literally just a diary entry that says like i really hope we fucking find you know help along the way and and it was it was very open-ended where this is about to be very fucking conclusive Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, so we get into the car is dead. Dan, Irene, Amanda, uh, David, and Billy are all sitting in the car. And the darkest moment, I think, in this entire fucking movie wasn't just the scene that we're about to describe. So the fact that, so obviously everyone kind of nods their head. Mm hmm. And David is about to uphold his promise to his son. Mm-hmm. The monsters are not going to get you. You are not going to get ripped apart. Right. I will not let that right. happen. I will be ripped apart it's, before it, that happens heavy. to you. Right. So right before Billy is about to be the first one that gets executed mm-hmm. in this car. He Rightfully wa- so for reasons. Yeah. Yeah. But before it even happens, he wakes up. Mm-hmm. So the last thing that he sees is his father be the monster that he was that he was so fucking afraid of. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like I have chills just thinking about it. It, It's it's (laughs) incredible. Yeah. What struck me about this scene the most was that David didn't take a whole lot of time between shots. No, it was was very consecutive. Everyone was very ready to die. You know, obviously, other than Billy. You know what I mean? And it was just like... And actually, one thing that I thought uh, Donovar did, or Donovar did really well in this scene for shooting it, with you were talking about with the consecutive shots, uh, you see the the Mm -hmm. first flash, which was obviously Billy, because Mm -hmm. he just woke up. It was in that that section of the car, you know. Exactly. Um, But the second shot goes off, you see the light flash, Mm -hmm. and then you actually see... Uh, Amanda's head lilt against mm-hmm. the window and I was like that was so well shot mm-hmm. like it was yeah. so dark but that was so mm-hmm. well fucking right. shot you know and then you right. go bam bam mm-hmm. you know and then we get this meltdown from David because he just the, sort of rolls out of the vehicle and just yeah. starts the he doesn't even have dialogue for the rest of this movie uh, he just screams he's just- <laughs> primal emotional screaming emotional release Mm -hmm. of everything that he's been through everything that he just did you know the sense of hopelessness he tries to shoot himself with the empty revolver and he kind of has this like he throws the gun down he's like well come on come fucking get me you know what i mean yeah yeah. take me right right and the mist begins sort of it, it well, does get that thumping first right and you hear what you perceive as the mind flare right. coming back sure <laughs> and it turns out this whole time project arrowhead the yeah. the military convoy that was rolling into town that whole time was just the tip of the spear Mm-hmm. And here comes the rest of it yeah. to come in behind. Not only do they have more bullets, not only do they have more food, more morale, more all mm-hmm. of this kind of thing, but he made the conscious decision to go by his house, burn that gasoline. Mm-hmm. It's an echo back to if I had just left 15 minutes sooner, I, have I, shot would, my kid I, wouldn't, I would be free from all of this from mm-hmm. the very beginning of the movie and everything. Mm-hmm. That's not lost on David. In fact, that's the first thing that he realizes is that what he just did was completely avoidable if they had waited not not 
minutes later. Yeah. Right. The ending of this movie is so sick for that reason. It, mm-hmm. It's so strong and so powerful because sometimes when you make hard decisions in life, you feel like you've done the right thing in the moment and you realize and you that you were fucking wrong. You were fucking wrong. You just didn't wait long enough. You weren't patient enough. You weren't faithful enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, neither was Mrs. Carmody because sure. she got fucking iced. Yeah. So. <laughs> and it's so powerful because it's, it's not even really a twist ending. I mean, I guess you could call it one if you wanted to, but in the sense that, like, you didn't expect that to happen, but that wasn't a twist. That was just the reality. You just finally got that final piece of the puzzle that connected the fact. And it becomes clear that everybody in the grocery store is safe. They've Mm -hmm. already been evacuated at this point. Everybody that stayed behind, everybody that wasn't, you know what I mean? And well, it's it wasn't. Here. It wasn't anybody that stayed behind, and the, the so we see the convoy that drives mm-hmm. by, and one of the, one of the things that I absolutely loved was one of the first characters that I didn't put in the kill count that I thought was dead in the mm-hmm. beginning was actually um, Melissa McBride's character, who is literally described as woman at. Or woman with kids at home mm-hmm. by IMDb. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of you might know her as Carol from The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll probably know a lot of these characters mm-hmm. from The Fucking Walking Dead. But she was the one at the beginning of the movie that was like, "No one's gonna fu- help me. Fine, right. I'm gonna go take care of my kids." And she made it. She's on the she- caravan with her children in front of her inside the vehicle that's exiting the mm-hmm. town as it, and all of this is happening to david all it was such a is, flex you know what i mean and it, it 100%, and they have that moment of like eye contact where they realize that like oh shit you were fucking wrong yeah. <laughs> you know, i'm so sorry and right? literally you had to shoot your mm-hmm. kid because mm-hmm. you were wrong you know because you were wrong and that's the damnable truth of like the reality of this movie, which is what makes it so good. Um, do you want to unpack anything more about the ending or do you want to go ahead and move into final thoughts? Here? I, I think uh, the only thing that I would really like to unpack about this ending is I feel like even with a lot of modern day horror and a lot of the ways that people write shit, the reason that Stephen King put this movie above mm-hmm. all of his other ones throughout history for Mm -hmm. him was literally just because they were willing to touch that side of the darkness that Stephen King loves. And he portrays in a lot of his books. And I think that's why he fell so in love with it. And I'll be honest with you. I think the concept of the mist, I mean, obviously stranger things is prolific. It does its own thing. Mm -hmm. And there's so much that kind of comes from that. But I think this movie, I think this story, I think this book, because there's actually a mini series as well that was done on Spike TV that was also very good. Mm -hmm. I think that there was so much that it was like Stranger Things obviously had to take so much from Stephen King because he was that guy that was like, I know we have the Twilight Zone and all of these Mm -hmm. super predated concepts that kind of not only touch the darkness, but do that Mm -hmm. transdimensional idea. But it felt like it came straight out of this book Mm -hmm. right like it felt like it felt like we were in the upside down it it feels like us walking into fucking season five yeah right now or season four sorry uh, stranger things right and we we have this sense of like it's almost not like i think that the concept of survival is beautiful in and of itself and everything the sense of like um making it through whatever is traumatizing you, making it yeah. through whatever trials and tribulations you're going through. Similarly to the way that COVID affect the world, I think mm-hmm. most, 
if not the all, mist of COVID. <laughs> right. I think most, if not all, human beings at the end of the day were fighting for a sense of normalcy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's all that any of it is. It's the same with Stranger Things. We have these kids that ultimately just want to be high schoolers. They just mm-hmm. want to be teenagers, you know? Teenagers. <laughs> so it's like... Uh, I, those themes are present and that's a hundred percent Stephen King. And like, like I said, I mean like, um, Darabont like did a, a great job of capturing those feelings and putting his own spit. Part of the reason why this movie is so strong for me, like let's, I'm just going to go ahead and move into like yeah, my rating yeah. for it and everything. Yeah, let's, let's go. Let's part part go. of the reason why this movie is a seven for me is because you had a good story that was like probably a five or a six mm-hmm. on its own. And you put it in the hands of somebody that could turn it into a seven, a seven and a half, eight mm-hmm. kind of thing. I'm going to go with seven on this yeah. one because again, I feel like there are I, I, uh, horror movies that stretch beyond two hours are already kind of getting away from the sure. point for me. This was closer to suspense than it was horror mm-hmm. right so it's a little bit more of a, little, a, dr- a little bit it's a little bit more of a drama take on mm-hmm. the genre and everything and that's fine but mm-hmm. like it was one of those i have a couple of like issues with the film overall but like they're you know, paper cuts right yeah it's the body I, so I get it's, that. it's um it, it, it was just so well done and again like the fact that you go through all of this and you don't get the satisfaction of some form of success mm-hmm. you get not only failure but you get complete failure that now you david have to live with for the rest of your life yeah you know <laughs> however long that may be at this point right you know right um i i think for me this movie is a six um i don't think that this movie is bad by any means i think the issue that i run into is kind of similar to like watching the conjuring and it's more so one of those things where the story can the story was amazing Mm -hmm. it really was um and stephen king does an amazing job again i keep referencing the books but like he does such an amazing job of having these character developments in these side stories Mm -hmm. and like characters you can actually latch on to Obviously, uh, you can't really do that in a two-hour movie, and that's totally fine. Sure. And I, I'm never going to be one of those guys that's like, oh, it's not like the book was. Well, the book was fucking 700 pages, so it's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> what What are you really looking for in a two-hour movie? So for me, I'm one of those people where I'd much rather see it just chopped down to an hour and a half. Sure. And and I, I mean, I just double-checked it. The budget for this movie was 18 mil. They Jesus! Had, they had mid two thousand CGI to work with. Yeah, especially the tentacles look great. And that kind of thing. You yeah. know, what I mean, so there's a couple of things where, like, we can say, like, I, I feel like if he got a chance to do this film in 2022, would it be better? You know, what do you think? I'm just it, curious. It, if like, it was the same director, I mm-hmm. think yes. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I, ab- I do absolutely. Too. And um, I'm not taking anything away from the cast here, but I think no, if he had a no, different, no. I think if he had a different group of actors. And potentially actors that were a little bit more relevant in pop culture. Because like you pointed out, this catapulted a lot of these people into The Walking Dead, which certainly has been a hit. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and I think if you had the budget, I think if you had the funding to make this into a blockbuster movie, we may be looking at seven and a half, eight territory for this kind of thing. Yeah, possibly, possibly. I think the the story is that strong. I I think the story is that strong, too. Mm what would catapult it for me is if the dialogue were better. And and the big thing was like, there were a handful and by a handful, I mean like two Mm -hmm. or three lines in the movie where I was like, that feels like it's ripped straight from Steven. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that's kind of what I want Mm -hmm. in a lot of these movies. 
Uh, and you know, a lot of people say that they don't they don't transpose well. Well, there's a reason that Stephen King writes books, not movies. Right. You know what I mean? It, it's a different. We, we watched Max from right. Overdrive. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And that's not knocking anybody. That's uh, making a painting in watercolor or acrylic, or doing it with charcoal, or doing it with pencil. You know, right. I mean, you have mediums that you work with, and this is just what you can create with what you have. Yeah. Right? So I thought the director did a fantastic job with like transposing this into a screenplay. Yeah. Going with the script and everything, and like you said, condensing it into a two hour, two hour. <laughs> format, you know. I just want to see one person that can condense a Stephen King book mm -hmm. into an hour and a half because mm -hmm. yeah. even like in the tall grass is mm -hmm. like two and a half hours sure. and i'm like mm -hmm. i don't understand how you know but i think this movie is a lot of fun i think like again i'm a huge stephen king fan so like my i know it's a moderate rating that i'm giving it and like that's just from my own subjective standpoint i think you should go out and watch it mm -hmm. it's on netflix right now you know Shut up, Eric. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, one that can be an hour and a half and good. Oh, okay. <laughs> what I did was I showed on my phone to John that Cujo was one hour and 33 minutes long. A dog I had a suspicion. A movie about a dog with rabies is not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, they just I love Air Bud. I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> Air Bud. <laughs> Um, but yeah, again, yeah. like Stephen King's a master of horror, man. Like there's no reason not to watch this movie. Again, we, we really blew up the ending and the ending makes this movie worth watching. Yeah. There, Cause it's brutal. It's, it's fucking brutal. It made so I watched this movie, uh, the very first time at the end of a, uh, bender mm -hmm. as I will call it. And the amount of, I, I was like, oh my God, this is a human interest piece, you know, mm -hmm. which I mean, right. Most assholes <laughs> thing at the end of shit like that, but this film, <laughs> this piece of cinema, right? Cinema, <laughs> um, no, but it, it it really does like it doesn't break barriers, mm -hmm. but it reminds you of what the barriers are, mm -hmm. and I respect movies like that just as much. Horror generally doesn't do a good job of keeping the human element present. Yeah, right. And so the fact that there were so many feelings and emotions, there were a lot of scenes and dialogues that we skipped over just because, again, we can't cover it, right? Yeah, you know? <laughs> there's too much. A lot of questions of insanity, a lot of questions of, you know, biblical theology mm -hmm. and um, religious implications, the lack thereof, the fact that we may be alone in this universe, the fact that we may not be alone in this universe and things like that. There's yeah. a lot of human wrestling with these ideas that we go through and that kind of thing. Which, again, it would have been dope if you just told people what you were dealing with at the very beginning of the movie when you found out there were literal space octopi <laughs> that wanted to kill you. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that really about covers it for us. I was going to say, I don't yeah. have any final thoughts on this one. I think that this is a really strong movie that y'all should check out. Again, yeah, I'm, lean watch I'm leaning seven territory. I would love it if y'all would let me know what you think in the comments. Let us know what you think in the comments. And like, Send us an email. Share or, it with your buddies. Or you can tell us on our Patreon. Oh, our but, Patreon. Yeah, our Patreon, where you get exclusive access to interviews, exclusive episodes, and 10 to 15% off of merch for how much, Eric? $3? That's Three, what I've heard anyway. Three, <laughs> $3 a month. It is less than a gallon of gas to subscribe to our Patreon. It is. And we promise we are giving so much content right. to it. So come check us out. And under the floorboards five, my name is John. I am your host like it is every single week. And I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Eric. 
Thank you guys once again for joining us under the floorboards where it creaks and cracks and we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night.